Hello, I'm Laura Furiosi, divorced mother of three, and I'm here with my mother, Lynette Galvin, with 35 years' experience in family law. You're listening to the Divorce Course Podcast. Through our candid discussions, we hope to help you through your divorce or de facto separation. We will be answering the most commonly asked questions and covering the stages and steps that you will face on your way to freedom. Hello and welcome to the Divorce Course. Welcome back, Mum. Hello, Laura. Hello, everyone. <laughs> we are doing this uh, this episode a little bit differently because we've actually had some technical difficulties, but um, as Mum's pointed out, it's really important we get this information out there as we've had lots of people asking about this particular question and we'd really like to help. Isn't that right, Mum? Yep, yep, and, and we thought... Um you guys wouldn't mind if it's a little bit crackly <laughs> rather than <laughs> not get the info at all. Yeah. So. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. All right. So, mum, the main question really has been in different threads and different types, mm. but it's really been, um, what do I do? I can't see my child. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's really sad. A lot of people say that. What happens if if um, I can't see my kids or if I can't even talk to them on the phone and the place where they live, that person seems to have all the power mm. or when they're on holidays. Um, and it, it is a serious question. Uh, it's made worse because of some of the delays we've had in the court. But we've got a couple of strategies, haven't we, Laura, we, that I can give you um, to get the ball rolling and hopefully to resolve the situation yourself if you can. Mm. So, so first step is invite the other parent to mediation. Now, there's government-owned mediation services. Uh, they're reasonably priced. Uh, they're called um, they are called family relationship centres, um, and they will have several uh, meetings usually for mediation. Uh, sometimes by phone, sometimes in person, and the parents reach try to reach an agreement between themselves as to the way the kids are going to communicate with each other and, and how they're going to move between the two houses. So first step, if you've tried, you know, asking and all the usual things, um, is get... To so hang on, just before you say it, so if you've tried asking and all the usual things, do you mean, um, you know, you've turned up or they haven't turned up or you've called yeah. them and said, I'd like to see them... Um, and maybe you're at the beginning of your separation, so everything's a little bit up in the air, or maybe you're halfway, like half, you've been sharing the children for a long time and then all of a sudden they've stopped handing them over. And this is if people don't have a court order, obviously. Um, so so they've, they've tried everything, you've called, you've emailed, you've messaged, you've asked. Um, a lot of people, I know you're saying mediation, a lot of people have said, could we just go to the police? But that doesn't seem to work, does it? No, no, you can't just go to the police. Um, that's even if you've got an order, you can't just go to the state police. Okay. Uh, because, yeah, there, there's a lot of, like, people could withhold children legally um, through the court system if they are able to prove that there was a reasonable excuse, um, they won't be punished for it. So it's a very nuanced area, like where the kids should or shouldn't go between the houses. So the police won't just deal with it like, uh, you know, this person stole my car, right, we'll deal with it. Mm. Uh, also, it's a Commonwealth court order 
if we ultimately go to the court. Um, so these kids are in Commonwealth jurisdiction and the local police are Queensland police. So any interventions that do happen, occasionally when you put like a passport alert out or something, it's the federal police who enforce that. Uh, so you can't go to the police about not seeing your children. Right. And the usual things, I suppose, Laura, you know, you've rung them, you've sent emails, maybe you've asked their mother or their sister to have a word to them so that you can see the kids or whatever. Just the normal human interactions that we have, if that didn't work, uh, then the next conversation needs to happen usually with a mediator. Mm. Um, unless it's urgent, then you bypass the mediation and go to court. But the mediation certificate, that 60I certificate we've mentioned before, um, that a mediator issues, you have to have that usually before you could go to court about children's matters. So the courts try to force everyone to mediate first. Mm. And the only time you don't mediate is if it's absolutely urgent. So and can we define urgent? Because to most parents, not seeing your child, that's like the most urgent thing no, ever, you no, know. I know. So, I'm sorry. And I, that did sound a bit glib. I'm using court talk Of there. course. So what's urgent yeah. in court talk? Urgent in the eyes of the court uh, really involve um, physical risk to the kids. Okay. Uh, maybe a um, uh, maybe they're being... Um, taken out of the country. Unfortunately, alienation of the children from you is not considered an emergency or an urgency um, so that mm. uh, you do still have to try the mediation. Right. Now, if the, if the other person won't come to mediation, that's fine. You can still get your certificate and the mediator will just write on it that the other person refused to come and that gets you into the door of the court. Yep. So remember... Remembering that the court has some delays at the moment, uh, if you going, are going to file in the court, you, you should do so um, sooner rather than later, to be honest, because there could be a six to eight week lag, week lag before you get before a judge. Could you, do you um, mind me asking so, first the mediation process? Yeah. How long does that usually take? Is that usually, what, a day or a couple of days, a week? Well, accredited mediators for mediating, mediating children's matters, you can find them on the uh, Attorney General's website, mm -hmm. um, all the people who are registered as family dispute resolution providers. And honestly, as many of them as there are, is a, is, is, there's, there's a variety um, of lengths of time. So some government places will have you in and out of a mediation in three hours and you'll only take about four months Oh, sorry, three to four months to get in. Other places, um, they want several mediation um, sessions over a month. Uh, so mm. obviously um, it just depends. You need to ask them when you ring. Legal Aid also offers mediation uh, if you are eligible. Mm. Um, their, their model is um, a nice quick uh, sort of it's three hours, three and a half hours, and um, they they are very efficient with that. Um, so it just depends on how in-depth you get to go and so re um, re how relation, what your relationship is yeah. with the other parent. And, and realistically, that basically tells you, look, if, if you haven't seen your kids or um, haven't spoken to them even for mm. like a week, like 
Mm. What, the longer you wait to initiate a mediation, mm-hmm. um, the longer you're going to possibly not see your children. So, if so, to every parent who hasn't seen their child, that is an urgency. Um, if the court doesn't see it as urgent, you obviously see it as urgent. So, get cracking, ring up um, those mediation places and try and get into the one as soon as you can. Like Mum said, to get your um, sixty. 60 I. I certificate, um, yep. but or hopefully a resolution in the actual mediation. So, yeah, so just that, that just an idea of that timeline just to get the 60 I can take up to you, you said up, upwards of up to four months sometimes. Uh, yes, um, well, to get before a judge as well is a long time. Mm. Uh, I, my preference is to, if you can possibly manage it, find a private family dispute resolution provider. Laura, we might put the link underneath this post uh, because it takes you straight to the website uh, that's maintained by the government Um, and find out the ones who can A, fit you in soon and B, um, offer a kind of a one strong session model, I prefer. Mm. Um, That way you you know, you might be a couple of weeks before you get your certificate, but at least it's quicker. We have um, different rates for the mediators charge different rates. Sometimes they charge one amount if the other person doesn't turn up and then a, a different amount, a bigger amount, if they do turn up and you actually mediate together. So just ask them their fees. Don't be shy about that. Um, and lots and lots of matters um, that go to mediation resolve Mm. And it could be the end of it. You know, it's just it's just a question of taking that step. And there's no harm in asking for mediation. The mediator themselves will contact the other person and invite them to mediation so you don't have to engage. Mm. Um, and, you know, you'd be surprised how good that is at resolving stuff rather than trying to file in the court, wait till you get your first return date, then whatever processes might go on, family reports, maybe an independent children's lawyer, then ultimately a hearing, probably two years' time and a judgment who knows when mm. uh, if the courts are busy so could so, you but, could you perhaps like you said because the courts are busy and that that you've just described sounds like a giant lot of things to do before you yeah. get to see your children would you recommend perhaps if you are in your mediation to have like just an interim um, agreement until court proceedings if you're not completely happy with what they're offering yeah. but it's better to take some time than no time is that was that's what I'm trying to say yeah. Yeah, if you've got kids who aren't seeing you and it's and you know in your heart they they would be better off for seeing you, better off to be able to talk to you, then whatever you can get, you mm-hmm. take it. Draft it up as a parenting plan and make it clear on the document that this is just a temporary measure. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes people on the other side, the other parent will insist on, say, supervised time mm-hmm. uh, where, where someone else has to be with you uh, and... and that might really rankle because why should you need to be supervised with your own child? Um, but if that's all that's on offer, really, it, for the child's sake, it's better than nothing. Take mm. that as a temporary thing and move on from there. So it's all about the kids. It's all about the kids' right to have both parents mm. um, in their lives. So so whatever I, you agree I, on in mediation, you might not get what you exactly want, but at least if you can get them to agree to let you see them at all, it's a start and then mm-hmm. then you can go through the long process 
court process to get what what um, time you feel is better suited for both of the parents. Yes, and you can ask for an interim order. When you first file, if you go to court, you first file your document. I said the trial could be two years away. That's true. But they, you ask for interim orders and the court does bring the matter back before the judge um, from time to time. And on each of those occasions, you may be able to negotiate or persuade the judge to increase your time. Mm. So um, don't get stuck on the 50-50 thing. Um, just try to have time that benefits your child and uh, that you can at least um, bear to live with. Okay. Or, the next year or so. So imagine, so they've gone, so imagine you've gone to meet or you've tried to get, so you're not seeing your kids, you tried to get mediation, that's not yeah. occurred, um, they've not shown up, they've stuck their head in the sand and said, no, nah, I don't want anything to do with you. Um, so you've got your 60i certificate or you've yep. gone to mediation and they've agreed for you to see them a couple of days but you're still not happy with it and you've got your certificate saying that you've been to mediation. Um, what is the next step? The next step, if you don't if you don't think a further session of mediation uh, will give you more time, is to file your documents in the court. So go to the court, file um, your 60i certificate that you've got from your mediator, um, file an affidavit, an application. So what's um, what's the document? Case. What's the document they're supposed to look for in the court portal? That oh. Um, Initiating application. So, it, so it's initiating weird. application. Federal Circuit Court uh, portal. Oh, it's, sorry, Federal Circuit Court website, mm -hmm. and they have the forms in alphabetical order. Mm. And for some reason, looking for A for application won't get you anywhere. You have to look for I for initiating application. Well, that makes so sense. So that's the document you need. Right. Um, th thanks for raising that, Laura, because I spent some time uh, yesterday trying to find the application and I'm thinking, where is it? Um, yeah. <laughs> well, um, if you can't find it, we won't be there. So we'll put that in the show notes <laughs> as well, a link to the initiating yes. application. And you yep. can fill that out on online, can't you? You can yes. actually, it'll prompt yep. you with all the questions. Yeah. It's pretty easy um, until you get to the bit where it says, what orders do you want? Right. So you'll be looking there for interim orders. If you haven't had any time, put something reasonable in. Um, but, you, you know, if the, if the other side haven't let you see your children for some time, it's probably going to be too much of a stretch to ask for 50-50 on the first day you go back to court. Uh, so try to make your interim orders something that the judge can live with um, as well as you. So the and whole then your final orders is your golden, shiny, ambitious orders for what you really want to happen. All right. So in the initial application, you fill out all the information, your name, their name, the kids' names, all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. And then when it says what orders are you seeking, you say I'm seeking interim orders and, and that I final. and final. And do you actually put in there what you're seeking or do you just write interim and final orders? Well, as you go through the initiating application, uh, you, it asks you right at the start, do you want interim, final orders, property, children, whatever, you tick the right box. But into the document, I should have checked exactly what page, but you'll see as you go through, there'll be a heading called, Laura, I wish, to be honest, Laura, mm. I wish you were writing court documents instead <laughs> of us because... And these documents, the heading says orders sought. Mm. And I think what orders are you wanting is probably a better way of doing it. Yeah. But yeah. anyway, so that's where you put your orders. And usually um, you can do it with an annexure, just say see annexure A, which is a 
which you is type just... it out as a Word document, put it attached, C and actually B, put it there. Um, if it's complicated orders or long orders, or otherwise just type straight into the document. So what's and a really will... basic interim order that you could ask for that the child spends time with the yeah. mother? I think the first order I would always ask for is that the parents have equal shared parental responsibility for the child or children and And list their names and dates of birth, ask for that. That allows you then to uh, be able to get information from schools and so forth and be involved in your children's lives, uh, perhaps through that way, if Mm. you're not seeing them any other way. Uh, And then the basic, uh, like an order for time, would be along the lines of this, uh, that the child put their name and date of birth, Mm -hmm. uh, spends time with the mother or father, whoever you are, um, each week uh, from, and put a time and a date, so like maybe from 3 p.m. Tuesday Mm -hmm. till um, 9 a.m. Friday. Or whatever suits. Something like that. Um, And you put your times, or it might be from 3 p.m. on Friday afternoon until before school on Tuesday afternoon, something like that. Um, and, of course, it can be two days or one day. Um, or you could say on alternate weeks is that the child, name and date of birth, spends time with the father or mother uh, on uh, on each alternate week from and put your days on there every second week and then maybe and then on the other week in a two-week cycle, maybe it's just one night for dinner. Mm. So you can have you can, you can persuade them perhaps to let you take the kids for tea, you know, have an afternoon with them. Or some people have orders that they're allowed to take the children to soccer or whatever it is. Okay. Football, they call it now, don't they? And what about phone calls? Can you put that in the interim? Yep. Yeah? Yes. And, and, again, we're looking at orders that no one can – you want to put your orders um, so that no one – can say they didn't understand what they meant and so be very clear so you put who's got to do the the action what time is the action um, and what date so we would say that the say the children are with their father Mm -hmm. um, all the time that the father uh, facilitate a telephone call um, between the mother and the children every um, Monday afternoon at 5 30 p.m. Um, or between 5.30 p.m. and 6.30 p.m., say, um, and um, and that he will um, yeah, to make a call to the mother on those times and that he will do um, all acts and things necessary or to, to make that call um, happen and to provide the child with privacy. Maybe you can put that order in as well. Yeah. But, yes, who's got to do it? He's got to facilitate the call. Mm-hmm. Um, that means either he makes the call on the child's phone or he answers, helps the child if they're little to answer the phone call from you, mm-hmm. um, make sure the kids are available for that chat. So, yeah, just put some time. And it might be some families, the calls are twice a day, mm. um, just a little brief five minutes. If the if the court, if you put a range like between 5.30 and 6.30, it doesn't mean you have to talk for the whole hour Um especially with little kids, that would be very hard to hold their attention. It might be that the kids, that the preferred approach for you if the child's really little might be FaceTime, mm. you know, because there's not much chatting to do. So work, work out what suits you and your family and put them in. Who's going to make the child available and make it happen? Who's going to actually ring in 
you know, that the mother will call mm-hmm. or the father will call the mother and what time and what date and preferably a time frame so that if anyone's called out, um, you know, with some sort of hold-up, uh, they can still have the call within that time frame and it's still within the orders. Okay, so you've filled in your orders, you've filled in mm-hmm. the interim application. Um, mm-hmm. I'm assuming you need it to signed by a JP. Um, yes? Yes, yeah. I think that's right. So you need to go, you can go to the actual court and they have JPs sitting in there or you can go to the shopping centres. You just search JP and they'll have a list. A lot of them go and sit outside libraries mm-hmm. um, yep. Tuesdays and Thursdays between this but time. Need- yep. Laura, you do need other documents. Okay. Uh, so you've got to file an, a little affidavit attaching the 60i certificate that you've got. You need to file a thing called a notice of risk. Okay, well, let's go back first to the – so affidavit is basically your story, you telling right. your story about what has happened, why you're looking for these orders, what, you know, are you – so you might say, I'm not seeing my children, I haven't seen my children since this date – um, you know, so uh, we've yep. got a whole episode on how to write an affidavit, so you can jump on mm-hmm. to that episode and check it out. But basically yep. the affidavit goes with your application so the judge understands why you're searching, seeking these orders. Um, yep. And if the judges see it as urgent because of what you've written in there, if there's some evidence of some physical harm, et cetera, then that will um that that the judges pay attention to that, don't they, or the registrars? They or, do. Yeah, the registrar does. So yeah. the, you also have to file a document called a notice of risk. Okay. Everyone has to file one, and in that you refer to the parts of your affidavit. You can even cut and paste it in. Mm-hmm. Um, it says, "Do you allege things like?" And this is off the top of my head, mm-hmm. but do you allege that the child is at risk of abuse? Yes or no? Your answer might be no. Mm-hmm. Some people go, the notice of risk is really no no risk. Mm-hmm. You know, there's none of those concerns. It's mm-hmm. just someone being a bit bloody-minded. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes there are risks. So the registrar looks at those and refers them if necessary to docs. And everyone and has to fill in a notice of risk. Is that yeah. like a catch-all yeah. that the government set up to make sure that no yeah. kids left... Yeah, okay. They, they, you don't, it's not optional anymore. Yeah. So you must fill it in. So it's either a declaration of the child's risks or it's a declaration uh, that there is no risk. And that notice of risk, can that be also found on the court portal where you find your interim yes. application? Okay, great. We'll put a, yep. a link to that. Uh, under N for notice. Of course. <laughs> not R for risk. Great. Okay. So N for notice and I for interim order. And it, then. It, no, I for initiating. I initiating application. application. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, <laughs> and then obviously you're going to do your affidavit a as well. For affidavit. A for affidavit. And the affidavit, yes. So yeah. that's just a basic form. Yep. Um, anything you put in that affidavit, I prefer you to use chronological order. Yep. Um, and you have a look at the Family Law Act, Section 60CC is the key, and follow those points. Yeah, and have a um, look at our episode on affidavits where we talk you through yes. a whole lot of that. So, all right, so you've got those three documents signed and witnessed by a JP. You you can physically go to the court and file it. Um, is that right, mate? Um, can you? Normally, in you these can... COVID times, no. You okay. can post it in. Post or it. Or you can re- log on the portal, and I think we've talked about how to do that. And upload and it. File That's it right. That way. Yes. Yeah. There's a fee. There's a fee. Okay. 
So we have, yes, yeah. so you got to check out the fee. But look, if this is to, between you never seeing your kids or you seeing your kids, then sometimes it's worth it. Um, in that affidavit, so- you, in that affidavit, you attach the, the, the mediation certificate. Is that correct? Yes, you usually do a separate little affidavit. Okay. So in that big affidavit, attach your any text messages or emails you, where you've tried to see the children. Mm. Um, I just meant to say, too, not everyone has to pay a fee. If you're on a, a supporting parent benefit or some other uh, pension, mm. then if you just you can fill in a waiver of mm. filing fee yeah. and send a copy both sides of your card. Um, Perfect. On what? Yeah. So that guys, that's really very quick potted version yeah. we've gone into it in much more detail in other places and we might even do one on the notice of risk itself Laura we'll just do one whole episode on it yeah yes, yeah and, and in it, the divorce in the divorce course that you can um, subscribe to and have access to we have the videos of us talking you through um, doing these kinds of forms etc um, so if you are interested in like the real nitty-gritty in-depth watching us fill in the forms <laughs> of video yeah. um, you can uh register your um interest to that um just check us out on the divorce course uh podcast on instagram or facebook but yeah so you've got those three documents you filed them in court mm-hmm. the, it'll be four documents you because four, you're oh, sorry you're either of non-filing of a 60i or filing a 60i that's right there's your initiating application your notice of risk affidavit and possibly a waiver of filing fee yeah okay so that's five five documents that you need <laughs> to sort documents. out <laughs> then once you've done that you wait to hear mm-hmm. back from someone yep and that you, they allocate normally a date for hearing and to judge for the, not for the hearing of the whole thing but the first return date as they call it some mm-hmm. judges make orders on those days and then you've got to serve the other person with the documents so or if they've had a lawyer up till now um, ask the lawyer if they'll accept service. And service means um, giving them to the other party formally mm. and you can't really just email it. Um, you've got to hand it in? You've got to, you've got to, and you can't serve it because, of course, people who aren't getting along might pretend they've given it to the other person when they actually haven't. So you need a third per- person to do it, probably someone who knows you both. Do you need proof? Do you need proof that you've served it? You might do if they don't turn up. You need to have someone who will do a little affidavit of service. Six documents now. Okay. So <laughs> only, you can only serve sealed copies. So the first documents you file, then when you get it back, then you file an affidavit of service from whoever it was that gave the document. So when you say them. when you get it back, you mean the, the, the court gives it back when with the, the court- stamp on it? Yes. Yeah. And when I say gives it back, it's usually just on the portal. Yeah. So... You've done all those documents, you've printed them out, you're waiting for your court date. You can still um, continue negotiating, is that right? With, with Absolutely. So keep Absolutely. asking, look, I don't want to go to court, I've had to file, wouldn't it be better if we went back to mediation or potentially could you consider doing this? And even just the act of filing may change the person's mind or is persuade. So you can't... Um, just think that, that that'll end up at a trial because hopefully you can negotiate. Like you've said before, Mum, you've you've had um, uh, medi- many mediations outside the court door and never needed to go in to see the judge in the end. So um, it's it's all about just 
putting everything into place, putting the proceedings into place so that you are waiting less time than you would if you waited as long as possible to get the best outcome and nothing happen and then file proceedings and then wait another however long and then you you haven't seen your kids for another however long. And I think it's we've done a very mini, mini brief explanation on what you can do but um, there's so many people that have asked that, you know, we thought we would do that. So we will list all those documents in the show notes. We've already talked about how to do an affidavit in another episode. Um, So it's important that you have a look at that. Um, And, um, Mum, what what other advice do you give to people who ring you who are upset or distraught about not seeing their kids? I think uh, what I say to them is prepare for the worst, hope for the best. So start the mediation ball rolling, uh, but be preparing documents if you can in the background while you wait for that mediation. Mm. Uh, sometimes you, if you do things in a lineal fashion, that is the only thing you've got going is mediation and, and then after that then you'll think about going to court, you can stretch the time out. So um, if you're doing the documents yourself, there's no harm in getting them started while you're waiting for the mediation mm. so that you've got a clear um, path for yourself uh, knowing that, all right, if mediation doesn't work or if I don't get everything that I think my daughter needs or my son needs, then I I know I can file in the court. It also, um, it's like two lines. One line, if you look at, if you imagine like lines on sheet music, you know, one line above the other, the top line is the formal um, filing your initiating application affidavit, notice of risk, waiver of filing fee and 60 hours to be filing that and then waiting for your first court date before a judge and then waiting for the next court date and then that's that's the very formal top line. Mm. And then I think the bottom line, um, there's a second line underneath that I always imagine which is quite untidy and squiggly where you're trying, you're going backwards and forwards trying to negotiate and hopefully you reach a negotiation in time to stop that formal progression to trial mm. and you can just file your agreed orders and you stop it. But if you don't, uh, to me anyway, um, I like to see that solid formal line started mm. with court so that there's an end in sight and everything you do as a mediate, in your mediations and negotiations is just with a view of end, to ending it early. Yes. If you do the negotiations and mediations and fiddle around too long, then you're not getting your case on that conveyor belt to court. Um, yeah. You, know, for, you might waste six months. Yeah. It's, um, the, it's the equivalent of getting your kids to stand in line while you quickly duck to the shops to pick something up. <laughs> like, you know, you go stand in true. line. So it, it's, it's bagging your spot, really. Um, it is. And you can always pull out and then someone else will take that spot gladly. Um, but yeah. the other important thing to remember is your mental health um, matters. And if you aren't seeing your children, that can be incredibly distressing. Um, and you need to make sure that you're also getting some some support, some psychological help, um, you know, seeing a psych or talking to a counsellor, lifeline, literally um, anything you can do to give yourself that support that you need to get you through this really tricky time. Um, and doing those court documents does maybe help you feel like maybe that can be your you're, you know, I'm doing something about it, you know, mm-hmm. you're not helpless. Um, and and mum has seen many, many of these incidents, haven't you, mum, where eventually there, yep. it is resolved. So it's never a long-term situation. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. 
So you get you you will get there in the end. Um, if you are one of those people that are at the moment not seeing their children, um, you know there are things you can do, um, and there's people you can speak to, and of course you can also get um, legal advice for free from different places. Um, and a lot of people talk to you for the first thirty minutes or whatever for free or whatever. Isn't it ten minutes free? So just make sure that you're supporting yourself. Um, and we'll have the links to those documents that you can have a look at yourself. And the, and the, and the court portal does explain how to fill them out. Not very well, but they do. Um, so you can do this even if you don't have the money to do it. Um, and of course, um, what's most important is that you'd keep your mental health as strong as possible so that you're there and intact yourself for when you do get to see your children. Yeah. So you've got to stay strong for the kids. Um, So yeah, I am sorry to all those people that have reached out to us that have got this issue going on at the moment. And I'm so glad I'm not a lawyer because I don't think I could deal with dealing with this sort of stuff all the time. And mum, you're a hero for doing it. Um, But yeah, so thank you um, for listening to this one. Sorry, it's very hurried and rushed in that way but you know we thought we'd just get the information out there you can look in depth on how to fill out those forms for the affidavit etc in our other episodes but this is just a quick rundown of really what you can do um what you can't do is go and kidnap them or you know ambush that don't do any of that kind of stuff you know so uh, because that's just going to end up getting you in trouble so and putting Mm -hmm. the kids at risk and putting the kids in the line of fire or involving the children all very bad ideas so these are the options you have um so of course like mum said try and get negotiating, get someone to talk some sense into them, have a chat with the grandparents, have a chat with somebody to help you, you know, see the kids. And then if that doesn't work, mediation, the certificate and the court system and try and all run it at the same time like a sheet of music. So that's a great analogy, (laughs) Mum. And thank you for your time. And, look, guys, I'm sorry about the quality of this recording. We are um, in the process of fixing all of that up, but we wanted to get this episode out there for you as soon as we could. So take care, everyone, and thank you, Mum, for your time. You're welcome. Bye, everyone. Bye. If you found this podcast helpful, we'd love it if you could rate, review, and subscribe. By doing so, you are spreading the word to help someone else just like you. Lynn would like to remind you that this podcast is general advice only and you should always get legal advice in relation to your particular situation. And remember that the Australian laws may have changed since recording in 2020.